Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, sirs. Who dat? Another Saints game day show and week. Hopefully game three of 23 Saints against the Jets coming up tonight at about 630 right here on WWL and the Saints Radio Network. And of course, that makes our Oakland Heart Rolex time about four hours and 20 minutes prior to kickoff. Welcome into the Acadian Windows fans first take. Steve Court is across from me and Steve, we always like to start our show with you giving us your take. Court's take of the day, Saints-Jets, preseason game number three, man. What you got? Yeah, look, this is the dress rehearsal. This is the one that, um, you know, and look, there's some teams that still, you know, aspire to this, um, I guess, coaching philosophy is really what it is. But as far as using, you know, most of your starters, um, at least for the first quarter, if not some of them sprinkled in through the first half. Um, I think you want to see at this juncture, um, you know, obviously things that are being going to be much, much smoother, you know, as far as, you know, uh, communication, um, um, those types of things, and then obviously execution and, and how you go about doing this. I need to see this, for me anyway, I need to see this game be um, this surgical precision as we've gotten used to, you know, the way this offense runs. It's seamless. When it runs good, it runs so good, and it's so seamless. And, uh, um it's 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 electric, you know, and at the same time, it's still, you know, you're not going to show, you know, teams a lot of different formations or a lot of different wrinkles. Um, it's still going to be somewhat vanilla. Um, and then obviously, I think you're going to try to you know, look at the guys that you need to so focus on to see if there's, um, you know, some people that are really going to make the squad. I, you know, obviously, you know, punt returner, the kick returner is going to be a big deal to me. I want to see that and, and see how functional we are in that. I want to see you know, how this uh, defensive line begins to um, sort of come together as well as the offensive line. I've said uh, before that I think that, you know, obviously we have enough guys offensive line-wise, and I'm speaking, that that I think are great players. And look, you had a guy like, uh, you know, McCoy in the middle mm-hmm. who's a young kid, hadn't gotten really – he hasn't played a, a down of NFL football yet. But um, that time's coming, you know, and I think it's 12 days away before that season starts. And so I think that, um, look, any time that – you know, you can sort of put a guy into that situation, but uh, more often than less, I think I want to see that that line cohesive. I want to see them come together and really begin to be seamless with their with their communications and and what they're calling on front. I don't want there to be any you know mental errors and, and missed assignments and things like that. We're gonna have a couple. You're gonna always gonna have maybe a couple, but that's really it's, at this point it's it's getting to be where it's unexcusable. Um, so I really want to see kind of that. Uh, um, and I feel good. If, if by the end of the first half, if we go into the third quarter and and our first teams on both sides have done what I think or hope that they will do um, as far as the maturation of this process. And I don't want it to be in midseason form or anything, but you know, at the same time, I think you need to start somewhere. And this team has enough veteran leadership and enough good players that it should be clicking on all cylinders. That's uh, Steve Quartz 
First take of first take. Oh, I like that. Uh, there at Saints and Jets a little bit later today. And, and camp, it broke on Wednesday, I believe, Steve. Now, preseason is still going on. They're still going to practice next week before that final preseason tune-up against the Miami Dolphins. What changes um, after camp? Like, what's different for players now? I get that question a lot. Well, look, I only have the, I only have to... <laughs> I only have the comparison of what I did, and that all it really meant for us was that two days were over, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and you began to sort of whittle down uh, numbers. I don't think they will. I think the Saints keep 90 until the very last day because yeah, – Sean talked about that. And some, some coaches right now, because there's only the one cut down you're referencing anymore, some coaches do start to trim it down just so they don't have every, all the bodies. But, Sean, yeah, wants well, the whole 90. and again, I think it, it, that's a testament to how many good guys we have, okay? I think that – if there's guys that are, have a lot of questions marks behind their names, and I think there probably is, um, but I think you'd be surprised at how many do that are really good football players. We're going to put those guys on the street. Now, there's sort of a, a give and tug with, hey, you know, what do you do? Do you, do you cut the guy loose because you care about him and, and you want him to get picked up by our team? Look, we, we know you can play, but you're just not going to play here. Uh, and the other part of it is, is, or do you hold on to him and hope say, look, you know, I, I'm hoping that, you know, things work out to where he would be able to put him on, on our squad at some point. But, look, when you got 46 guys or 53, however you want to look at it, um, that's not a lot. I mean, yeah. going from 90 to <laughs> to 53, uh, 37 guys is a, is a bite. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it, it's um, a big bite. No, those are your brothers and friends in that locker room. Well, They're no I, longer going to be there. I mean, it's the tough side of the business. The, the personal side of that is something that would just – that would be as a, as a coach that had to do that. Um, I'd have to figure out some sort of way to, uh, to protect my heart in that. <laughs> just from the standpoint, I don't know if you can. Because, look, they're human beings. At the same time, the coaches, you know, and there's not a bunch of just – these aren't heartless guys. Sean Payton is a very magnanimous kind of individual who cares about people and and cares about players. And he certainly doesn't go out there. Uh, but he has to be realistic as well. Look, he's running a ball club. And that's unfortunate. But they give him a number that he can keep. He wishes he keep all of them. I'm telling you right now, he wishes he could. But uh, that not being the case, I think, you know, it's tough. You know, I, I used to sort of almost try to distance myself from the guys that would come in they come in in like January or February, you know, and you sort of get to know them whether you like it or not because you're there every day and, and begin to have these relationships and, and these friendships that you develop with them. And then, you know, before you know it, you kind of know that the ones that are going to sort of be cut and you kind of step back a little bit and not get too emotionally attached to them. But there's guys that it's always surprise every year that you think, oh, yeah, okay, this is going to be good. You know, in December we'll do this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, hey, October we got this lined up. So, you know, but, but they're not going to be there. No, it's terrible. It's a, it's an awful feeling, and and uh, and yeah, I've been in that. I, now I was I was fortunate that I never I never I never was afraid to be cut. You know, during the time I was there, I was had very secure position. But um, at the same time, it was uh, yeah, boy, this those uh, those cut down days were brutal. You could cut the tension with a pair of scissors. Yeah, it kind of breaks kind of breaks your heart. Um, something else we're watching today, of course. First pitch in about twenty three minutes from now. It's the Little League World Series United States Championship game, and a team right here from New Orleans is in that game. It's the East Bank All-Stars. They won yesterday, or actually a couple of days ago, a 10-0 shutout in the United States semifinal. So they advanced on today into this championship game. Reese Roussel, the star of that team here in New Orleans, 12-year-old kid, 
went four for four with a grand slam home run in that semifinal victory, United States semifinal victory. Now they're playing today against Hawaii. The winner of that game will go to the Little League championship game, world championship game. That would happen tomorrow. It's pretty special stuff. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll uh, online at www.com. Simple one. Are you watching the New Orleans Little League World Series team? Yes or no? And 63% of you right now are saying yes. I had a chance to talk to Reese Roussel's father, Corey, about well, how he and his wife, Brandy, are preparing for today. I did that yesterday as we go to break, getting ready for that first pitch. Here's Corey Roussel, Reese's father. I go through a process to where I wear the same clothes I've worn the last, I don't know, what, four or five games because we've won. And we do a little tailgating. We're from South Louisiana, so it's it's kind of a necessity. So we, we do that, and then we get ready and go through a process and then show up for the game really early. Well, we're all armchair quarterbacks this time of year. Welcome back to the show. Saints quarterback plan today, as we know, it's Sean Payton saying and telling us that Drew Brees will indeed start the football game for the Saints. After that, it's kind of going to be the same plan that we saw before. It'll be Teddy Bridgewater in the first half and then Taysom Hill in the second half, Steve. And yeah. I guess we finally get to see Drew, so everybody a little bit jacked up about that. Well, look, anytime that you can <laughs> um... – you know, you can watch number nine and do his thing and do his craft of what he's best at. Um, we're 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 gifted and, and uh, we're, I should say we're we're uh, he is a gift to us. You know, as far as how good he is, and so enjoy that um, because he's not going to be here for a long time. He's not going to be here forever. Um, but nevertheless, you do want to look even as as good as Drew Brees is, and I've told I've said this before that um, it takes a um, he still has to go out there and he still needs live reps. And so this is going to be his opportunity to see live uh, speed. Now, it's still not full game speed. It's preseason game speed, which is still um, somewhat choked down a little bit from, from regular season. Regular season, it's uh, a different level of intensity. I don't know how to explain At least you're getting that. reps, though, right? Yeah, and you're getting reps, and it's the speed, it's the timing, the things like that. Um, and obviously, it's game situation. So – he comes in and the way he commands the huddle and, and things like that, I think um, that's sort of really one of the things I'm really looking at when he's in there. Um, how is that offense looking? Is it sort of hitting on all cylinders or is it, um, you know, is it is it not ready for prime time yet? And that, that to me, I'd be pretty disappointed if, in fact, we're not ready for that. But but I, I have a feeling that, that we are. Drew Brees, like you just said, Court just said it right here, loves his preseason reps. Yeah. Well, look – and I understand that. I mean, as much as I, um, in preseason, as a player, now again, I'm. It's it was a different time and different era, so there was a different, uh, a little bit of a different mentality about it. But I do understand why he says he loves his preseason reps. I knew that it was a necessary evil. That I knew that that I had to get out there and um, kind of get my knuckles bloodied up and get punched a few times and things like that before I really sort of um, was battle-hardened, I guess, if you will, for lack of a better term, to, to be sort of ready to, you know, to move into that game like frenzied uh, mind state, controlled uh, kind of aggression type thing. And I think that um, while Drew Brees doesn't have to have the controlled aggression part of it, 
he certainly does need to be the speed and the timing of it. Here's Drew talking about those reps he loves to get. Listen, I like reps, you know, so I like reps during practice. Um, I like reps in games, especially. Um, I also understand the balance of, you know, listen, what are you trying to accomplish, right? Um, at the end of the day, the most important thing is being as healthy and prepared as you can be for week one of the regular season, right, when games are, uh, begin to count. And that's what everybody worries about, Steve. Oh, I mean, no, nobody's going to care if Drew Brees goes, you know, zero of ten in this game. Well, people, I guess, would care. But as long as he's good week one on Monday night against Houston, that's, that's all anybody's gonna really going to well, care about. Well, look, I'd say this. If he we went zero for ten, I'd, I'd have some anxiety. <laughs> sure. Okay. but but Bad example. Yeah. Bad no, example. I understand. But at the same time, yeah, I, I would really sort of hope that um, – and I don't think we will, but I would certainly hope that we don't have to go that to that that venue. But but yeah, like he said before, it's it's important to be there week one and to be ready to go and and uh, and have all hands on deck. And of course, this is the same plan that the Saints have followed the last three to four years. You know, the last couple of years, I've just gotten you know really one game, right? Maybe two um, in the preseason. So I'm I'm fine with that, you know. Um, but I, I want it to be quality. You know, I want us to be sharp. So it's important. Yeah, I always – it's interesting to hear different players discuss how they like or don't like or don't really mind not playing or playing. And Drew, somebody who likes to play. Other veterans, you know, Cam Jordan's fine really with not getting out there and getting hit. And I guess it's a little more physical, his position, so maybe a difference there. Well, it's a big difference there, Seth. I mean, uh, you're, we're talking about, you know, not in the interior, but we're talking about on the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, things are, are vastly different than – than Drew's aspect of it. His is more of a, a cerebral type thing. Yeah, he's got to be very um, athletic and accurate, and uh, and he has to be has his mind made up exactly what he wants to do and how he's going to do it, um, and that sort of thing. Is he going to be able to come up there and, and change plays the way he wants to? Is it going to be one of those things where he can audible to different things? Um, you know, the way he sees defenses lined up. And I said, I don't know. Look, <laughs> Greg Williams is out there. I'm not. I'm for <laughs> for the Jets as far as defensive coordinator, and I'm not so sure that. Um, it doesn't mean a whole hill of beans to him that it's preseason. He may didn't send, last week against yeah, Atlanta. That's what I'm saying. He may send you know the kitchen sink. So, um, and that's sort of his mentality and what he wants to do. So I would I would sort of think that, um, just from what I can ascertain from him and and the way he is, um, that this would be sort of a feather in his cap if they could sort of jack us up offensively, um, and make him feel pretty good about himself and his defense. And and even though it's um, supposed to be um, kind of a, um, I don't know, I guess sort of a, a standard rule, not rule, but a sort of a standard um, uh, uh, understanding, I guess, but lack of a better word, I can't understand, I can't figure it out now, but it's, I guess it's a, there's supposed to be sort of a common understanding that, that you really don't. Uh, I guess an unwritten rule, yeah, right? Yeah, just, Kind of like just, baseball, just, unwritten yeah, rules, well, same kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and again, I'm not so how much I believe on that. Uh, and look, it, hey, Bring them. We've got a bunch of veteran offensive linemen. We can, we can. I'm sure we can handle that. And our backs are um, are great at picking up blitzes. They're not, they're they're smart guys. So if that's what he wants to do, go ahead and do it. But I can tell you that um, uh, you blitz Drew Brees, uh, start doing that to him, and he's going to cut you to pieces. So um, he knows what's happening before you know it, and I think he knows, um, <laughs> you know, this defensive coordinator as well as anybody. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, so we know Drew is going to start the game, play with the ones after that. There was some talk about, hey, Taysom, after last week's performance, Taysom Hill, is he going to go after Drew and move Teddy Bridgewater to the second half? Sean Payton was asked that by Bobby Bear, and well, he says, no, not happening. Yeah, I don't know that that'll take place in this game. Um, 
that probably won't take place in this game. Very blunt with that, and still very excited to watch those other two quarterbacks. I am and bounce well, back look, I, and for Teddy. Um, maybe number seven is um, is is can't miss TV. I mean, it's, uh, I like Drew's nickname for him. I'm going to start calling him that now too, and it's Tarzan. I mean, the guy is um, Tarzan. I like yeah, that. Yeah, he he uh, <laughs> he's like no other player in the league, and and it's I don't know how to explain it completely but i can tell you that yeah he's he's got a cannon for an arm i mean the guy can absolutely throw it on a rope is he as accurate as he need to be no not not quite okay but i you know you see signs of it of his accuracy and his accuracy has gotten better his footwork and his mechanics has gotten better and i'm sure that bobby can speak under that you know much better than i can but from what i can tell you know his mechanics as a quarterback has gotten much better so the fact that he can do that uh and then he's got this physical ability where he can just run off is is incredible we got to throw it to news back in 60 seconds cbs news update president trump isn't exactly in enemy territory but he's also not being welcomed with wild enthusiasm at the g7 summit in france other world leaders disagree with him on everything from international trade to climate change mr trump says he's ready to get to work we have some really great things to talk about Politico reporter Daniel Lippman says there may be a scramble to get the last word in Mr. Trump's ear. Oftentimes the most influential person uh, is the last in Trump's ear is the person who talks to Trump last. And so if there's a lot of European leaders telling him to say one thing, then he might agree on some stuff. But he's not going to abandon core principles anytime soon. European Council President Donald Tusk says the G7 summit will be a difficult test of unity and solidarity. The French president, who's hosting the gathering, says there won't even be a joint statement at the end. CBS News Update. I'm Sam Litzinger. Welcome back to the show. It's the Acadian Windows Fans First Take on WWL. Seth Dunlap, Steve Court here with you. And over our left shoulder, about to get started, it's the Little League World Series United States Championship game. East Bank All-Stars right here from New Orleans against Hawaii. We'll keep you updated on that. First pitch just moments away. Your phone calls and text all show long. Remember who that's. This is your pregame show. Most interactive Saints pregame show out there anywhere. And we want to hear from you. 504-260-1870. And our text line is... 870, 870. Uh, Steve, yeah. you like watching Little League World Series this time of year. It's pretty special, I think. It's, it's one of the, the pure sports we still have, I think. I think that's why everybody kind of gravitates towards it. Yeah, look, it's um, – look, all my kids played baseball, you know, at that age. And and, uh, and so you sort of – you, you kind of – it harkened back to that. Now, again, they didn't play on teams that were, like, as good as these, these, these teams were. But um, it was a whole lot of fun to watch them. You know, and again, so yeah, um, it's it's one of those things that I'll, I'll certainly keep a, a post on. The fact that we've got a local team, hey, that's <laughs> that's great. We got some pretty good ball players here, and obviously they've put together a team that um, that belongs in the World Series. So that that's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's cool. So we'll we'll keep you updated on this. They're in the national anthem. We're just done with that right now. Again, New Orleans against Hawaii. And we'll keep you updated. Uh, real quick, going back, because we didn't quite finish on Taysom and Teddy, what yeah. are you specifically watching for those guys, Steve? Well, like I said uh, about uh, Teddy before, look, he's he's a quarterback that's played, already played at a high level, and has taken his team to, to a remarkable number of wins had he not been, you know, had this catastrophic injury at some point. Um, he certainly wouldn't have been here, and I think he would certainly be, um, you know, much further down the road with, 
know if that was still the Vikings or at that at that point or not. But um, I don't think um, Chris, Cus- I mean uh, Cousins, would be there at this point uh, from the standpoint of I think I think this guy is. Um, you know, I think he's a starting quarterback that we sort of has picked up. And, and again, we're sort of still knocking the rust off him and kind of getting him um, accustomed to Sean Payton and the things that he does offensively. But he's certainly capable. He throws a really nice ball, and he's certainly capable of playing at a high level. Now, Taysom Hill is it brings a whole other element to the whole thing. Um, you know, this guy can throw on the run. He can, he can run. He doesn't get tackled by defensive tackles. I mean um, – this guy is a is a is a different sort of a different human being um, from the way he goes about um, attacking literally attacking the defense. So um, he is like I said before he is um, you know got to watch football. Yeah, indeed. We'll take a quick break here. We're back with your phone calls and texts. Another half hour, well, actually another about two hours of the Acadian Windows fans first take right here on WWL. Welcome back to the show. Let's go straight to your phone call. Saints-Jets tonight at 6.30, just after that, right here on WWL on the Saints Radio Network, third preseason tune-up. Let's go down under. Our buddy Tony in Australia, leader of the Houdat Army. Tony, what's going on, man? Seventh Street, how are you? Good. I only wish I could listen online to WWL, broadcasted the games, but unfortunately, because of the blackout, I can't. So, I'll just have to... Cheer loud for Louisiana in the Little League. Hey. There you go. There you go. You get that down there, Tony? Sorry? Uh, you get that down there, the Little League World Series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting that live. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's cool. World Series. So, but I, I, there's no games on, and uh, I'll have to just watch the little ticker go along and see what the scores are. So, but yeah. hope, how many guys. How many starters do you reckon are going to play today? Well, I think, Tony, I think most of them are. You know, unless they're, they're out for an injury or something specific like that, I think most of them are. Now, again, that doesn't mean that, you know, that Drew and or Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas are the guys that uh, in that category. It doesn't mean they're going to be playing a lot, and they may have a pitch count on some of those guys. I don't know. Um, Sean doesn't really give us the details on, on a lot of that, but all we do know is that they're going to play. Yeah, well, behind every great cloud, there's a silver lining, right? The silver lining is I get to see the first game live on TV here because it's a Monday night game. Hey, nice. I like I like the the optimism, the positive attitude there, Tony. Yeah, yeah, and we 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 will make the Super Bowl, and we will beat the Forty ers and the Colts when I'm over there. Okay. Well, I like it. You, you, you're going to come by, right? You're going to make sure that you're swinging. Yeah. Uh, come on. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I checked out the prices. It's, uh, we'll see. All right. If I don't see you guys at the the uh, tailgate, I'll probably catch up with you at the yeah. ground. You're bringing some of those cookies, right? right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got them all. Re- I've got them all organized, Steve. All right. Good. Oh, we got them organized. I go. like it. I like it. Uh, Tony, we'll see you in a couple months. All right, buddy. Good on you, brothers. All see right, ya. Buddy. All right, Tony. Back to three fifteen in no time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> ba- lots of roster battles, Mister Court, in focus, yeah. and probably the one at wide receiver is in the most focus here. Um, 
I thought the dynamics of this race changed earlier this week when most people, and I say most people, most onlookers from the outside in, had guys like Emmanuel Butler probably on this roster, Keith Kirkwood, maybe even L.J. Humphrey. And one guy that was off the roster was Austin Carr. I think when Drew Brees said this, we're going to play some sound for you, um, yeah. things changed here. I think Austin has had a great camp. Um, he continues to get better um, each day. I, I, I'm, I'm really developing a lot of confidence in him. Um, there's a lot of little subtle things that he does well. You know, there's a timing and there's a feel to everything, right? It's, you know, where am I in the progression? When is the quarterback going to be ready to throw it to me? Um, how can I get separation? How can I get open? How can I be available for him? And Austin has a lot of that feel to him, which which is, is good. It's, it's pretty instinctive. Now, that to me, and now Christian and I have gone back and forth on this a little bit, but to me, this is just to me, that sounds like a pretty darn strong endorsement from Drew Brees, and I moved Austin Carr onto the um, 53. I don't know about that, but I do know that that's, that's second-level stuff. And what I mean by second-level stuff is um, those are the certain little nuances that, that a quarterback has to have uh, in the back of his mind knowing that a receiver knows exactly what, first of all, what the situation is. Second of all, who he's playing against and how he can get open with that you know, op uh, opponent, depending upon what the defense is, whether, you know, whether it's a zone, whether it's a man, you know, whatever. And – Look, I, if you can sort of um, – if you have a guy that has the instincts to be able to know exactly when to flash and where to um, – and really sort of where to turn it on to sort of get away from, uh, you know, your, your defender and what this guy is uh, – that's where the veteran sort of separates himself from the younger guys. Now, sometimes the younger guys are going to have an advantage of you from the standpoint of, of physicality. They're just – they just are. Um but a lot of times they're not as good because they're not as polished as that. So uh, we'll see. You know, I, look, I'm, whoever he can throw to, and they're open. Because I'm telling you what, if you if you line up on Sunday with Drew Brees, uh, I mean, you're one of those guys that has a number that's eligible to catch a ball. It's a good chance you might. Yeah, and you got to have his confidence, right? That, that's a big thing. Well, that's you, why when you, he talked about the yeah, confidence he, he had, uh, he, you know, I guess if if uh, you know in a pinch, um, he's probably going to throw it to you rather than run. Okay. But, <laughs> Hopefully, but, yeah. Yeah, but, so we uh, all but as far as you know, um, having confidence, yeah, no, he's he's going to make sure that you, get, you you see the most guys he has a confidence in. I mean, it's no, you know, we see games where he throws it to thirteen or fourteen times to Michael Thomas, you know, so uh, you know, six or seven, eight, nine times out of the field to, to Alvin Kamara, something like that. So we see that, and we know that's because there's this certainty there. There's this sure uh, feel to it, um, and it makes it an easy play for him. NFL locker rooms this time of year, always interesting to me because of the duality of them, because you, you're, you're friends with a lot of these guys, your teammates, you're rooting for each other, but also, especially towards the bottom of the roster, you're in an intense competition for your profession, for your careers. And what Austin Carr said is, now, once in a while, other NFL locker rooms, there'll be some animosity that kind of springs up in some of these battles. Hasn't happened with the Saints recently, and Austin Carr says hasn't happened this year with the wide receiver group. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say... Like I said earlier, it's a race to improve. I'd say that um, it's a great group, though. We, we help each other. We're helping each other on the playbook. We're helping each other on the field. We're coaching each other up on the sidelines, even in the game. Um, and, I mean, we all, we all want to succeed. We know that the receiver room is going to look different in two, three weeks from now. So, um, you know, helping each other improve is, is um, I think, sort of the ethic inside the room. Has that been your experience mostly where – yeah, it's competition, but it's kind of a friendly competition as well. Well, yeah, it's it's a friendly competition, but it's not a uh, it's not a family competition. 
know, um, it's, I'm not going to say that. I'm gonna, I take it back. It's not a, it's not a friendly competition. It's a, uh, it's a professional competition. Okay. And you act accordingly. So look, I know that the personnel that, that, uh, that Mickey and, and Sean won on this teams are guys that are going to compete like crazy, but at the same time, they're not going to somehow, uh, you know, see if they can jack up a guy or, or feed him bad information or something like that so they can win a job. They don't have that kind of character. These are all guys that want to help. And, hey, I'm, I'm going to help you, but I'm still going to beat you out, you know, and that's what each side has. So I can remember the days when I was playing that there was always competition. There's always somebody wanting to take your job, always, you know, but it never was a thing where it got um, – snippy or you know where you got really aggressive with anybody it was always and i don't remember there being any i don't remember any, any of those guys ever acting that way towards each other he's steve court i'm seth dunlap we'll take a break when we come back got some text to get to on our text line at 87870 plus the phone lines are open for you, you got a question you want to talk some saints with us on saints game day give us a buzz 504-260-1870 that's 504-260-1870 text line 87870 and this is the acadian windows fans first take on wwl East Bank All-Stars, one on. That's Reese Roussel, just stole second. One on, two out, top of the first inning in the United States Championship game. We'll keep you updated there. also want to give a shout-out to my dad, Chuck. Uh, happy 65th birthday, Dad. I miss you. And uh, continent and a career may separate us here, but uh, that Dunlap bond hangs through. So happy birthday, Dad. Uh, back here with Steve Quartz. And I want to get to a couple of texts, Steve, that you seem uh, uniquely situated to answer. Here's one okay. from the 917. Can we trust Eric McCoy to snap cleanly with NFL crowd noise on the road seems shaky to me. Well, we'll see. Um, I can tell you that he's gotten a lot better. Um, there was some shakiness I know in minicamp and um, we talked about it a little bit and worked on some things a little bit and I assured him that um, he was getting in a hurry as most rookies do and I assured him that um, you're, you're plenty fast enough. Your, your feet, footwork is good. Um, your physicality is great. Um, just concentrate on getting to number nine. Don't work him, when you, especially when you shotgun snap it. Don't, don't work him. And uh, so I think he will. You know, I, he's, I haven't seen any problems in the last couple of games. You know, I know, I know he uh, fired one back there to, uh, to Bridgewater that hit him in the bread basket there. But, uh, that might have been Teddy's fault. Wasn't it, ready. it certainly could be. I don't, and again, I don't know. We're not going to find uh, out about that. No, we yeah. probably won't. I know I, I, I did the exact same thing to Bobby uh, at RFK Stadium. And I remember looking around, and uh, and he was calling the play still, and he was still looking out to his right, uh, pointing out there to the right. And, man, I went ahead and fired the ball. I thought, you know, he'd give me the foot snap and everything else. And, of course, it hit him right square, you know where. Yeah. And, he, and he, he went bent over and caught the ball and stood up and threw a touchdown. So it was, it was always good. But had it gone six inches left or six inches right, you know, that would have been like a 30-yard loss. Yeah. So um, – I came over to the sideline, and James Campen, who's now the offensive line coach, head off, head, uh, head assistant coach for um, the Cleveland Browns, said, "Hey, Jumbo." I said, "What?" He said, uh, "You got to let Bobby give you the foot snap." I said, "I did." He goes, "No, you didn't." And I said, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and uh, oh, watch the I tape. just about yeah. had a you know a, a, 
I about had a heart attack right there. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what could have, would have, should have been, you know, but it didn't, you know, so. Is Eric McCoy a kid who soaks up the learning like that, wants to learn from a guy like you who played the position for so long in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. I, I, you know, my initial response when I got out there with him was that he was uh, that his head was kind of spinning around a little bit, and I understand that. And um, I may have been uh, uh, I may have been trying to address some things that that he really wasn't uh, ready to address yet because he was still trying to figure out some things on his own. But uh, I had to. I only have a certain number of hours there with him, and and I had to sort of fix what I saw was wrong. But but nonetheless. Um, I like him. He's stout. He's a, he's a very physical guy. guy. Um, he's um, he's a quiet guy, but at the same time, he's smart and he works hard. I love his work ethic. And look, if you got those two things um, and the physicality part of it, he's gonna be okay. I think so too. Here's another text from the five zero four. Just curious, what happened to Manti Teo? Retire, move on. He's a free agent right now. Still trying to get back into the league, but. Uh, might be unlikely. We'll see. Maybe he'll go to the XFL. I don't know, but he's definitely not on this roster. I will say about the Saints linebackers, that, that position group, maybe one of the strengths, maybe the strength of the defense right now. I mean, they, they've been really good this preseason and in camp. Well, they are. They're nicked right now. I mean, they're sort of sitting in a bad spot just from, uh, you know, they haven't held up well. Injury-wise, you're saying, right, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. but at the same time, boy, when they're full on, they're full on. I mean, DeMario Davis – is really one of the best, if not maybe one of the top two or three inside linebackers in the league. Anzalone's the best third down linebacker in the league, I think, when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and seems to be there's some step, and I can't quite pinpoint it yet. I think fans will start to see this when we get to game action. But there's some step that he took between last season and this that's just evident to me. And talking about Anzalone, sure, out there. He's Steve Court. I'm Seth Dunlap. Give us a call five zero four two six zero one eight seventy. You can text us at 87087. You can hit Steve up on Twitter at Saint60. You can hit me up on Twitter at Seth Dunlap. We've got another hour and a half here of the Acadian Windows fans first take coming up tonight at 630. Saints Jets preseason game number three. And yes, Drew Brees will be playing number nine. We'll start for the black and gold. Seth and Steve here. We're back after news. We'll throw it to CBS and then Don Ames right here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.